0: Welcome everybody. Good, good morning. We're so glad that you're here today and uh, we're so excited. So we're so honored that you're here today. I've got a few announcements this morning. A new episode will release every Friday at 6 a.m. on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Then it airs on Sunday at 10 a.m. on Victory Radio Station at 100.9 95.3 and 15.30 a.m. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Links can be found on our website, he'snotdoneyet.com, he'snotdoneyet.com. And uh, this morning, I just want to testify just for a second, and uh, then I'll read the scripture uh, this morning. Uh, just wanted to, God put it on my heart this morning. I, I was addicted to uh, nicotine. I dipped for 20 three years, and um, I could not, you know, when I arrived here, uh, they told me that, uh, you know, God would take it, and um, I even went to my bishop, and uh, he said, I'd chew the carpet over there before I dipped again, and I I just want to be honest with you this morning, two carpets ago, I was over there gnawing on that carpet underneath that pew, I was saying, Lord, please take it from me please take it. They said you would take it. Please take it from me. I dipped every day for 23 years, a can of two every day. I loved it so much I licked the can. I loved it. And uh, I said, God, please take it from me. Please take it from me. They said you'd take it. Please take it. Would you believe God blocked it? I didn't put it on the pew. I didn't throw it out the window. I didn't do any of that. God blocked it from my mind for two weeks. I forgot to dip. And I said, when I come to, I was like, he did it. He did it. He did it. And so God delivered me of Copenhagen. And you know what happened? And this morning I asked God, I said, God, why, why ain't I still dipping? And you know what he told me? He said, because it's not in your hand. So whatever you're struggling with, if it's in your hand, You need to get it out of your hand, and you will be delivered, I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. This morning's scripture comes from Mark 1 and 14. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came unto Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, "'The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, yea,'' and believe the gospel. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We just thank you today, God. We are so honored that you would allow us to be here today, God, and I pray today that this would fall on good ground. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for today, God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.
1: and a chain
2: Almighty God is Jesus, the Prince of Peace and Peace, the Everlasting Father, the King eternally, the wonderful in wisdom by whom all things were made, the fullness of the Godhead in Jesus is displayed. It's all in your Lord of hosts, the omnipresent Spirit who built the universe. He advocates the high priest. The lamp of sinners' flame, the author of redemption. Oh, glory to! God Jehovah, Lord of hosts, the omnipresent spirit who filled the universe. He's the advocate, the high priest, the love of sin of flame, the author of redemption, say glory.
0: Well, today, we have a very special guest today, and um, it's a really good friend of mine and uh, truly one of my heroes, Brother Jones. I'm telling you... you have blessed me. I love to hear this man pray. Um, you know, I, I just, um, I am just so honored that you would come and uh, that we were able to get this put together and uh, for you to get to come. And we want you to come on in and obey the Holy Ghost, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.
3: Well, brothers, it's definitely good to be here. I give God honor uh, for such a tremendous opportunity. I know we've been trying to do this for quite some time. Yes. And you called me your hero, but. Brother, I have you have no idea how much of a hero to me you are, and so I love to hear you pray. I love oh, your exuberant worship. Oh, it's bro. blessed me, my family, and those bro. that I have had the privilege of wanting to the kingdom. People see you worship. They're like, man, what's he so excited about? I'm like, if you only knew his testimony, you'd run the <laughs> house the way he do, and you would shout the way he does. Amen. Amen. So, brother, I am so privileged to be here, <laughs> and you, uh, I give God praise for this opportunity and for this podcast and what you are. What you guys are doing here, and he's not done yet. And it truly rings true that he is not done yet. And for for some of those who are listening today, I want to tell you this, and I speak this in faith. God is just getting started, and he's definitely not done yet. Amen. And so there are some things that some of us may endure in life that cause us to think that the circumstances that we are experiencing are to our demise. It's almost as if when we look at the Apostle Paul and I'm not even I'm not even jumped into what I want to deliver today but this is what I feel right now but it's almost like the apostle the apostle Paul and when he besought the Lord three times with the thorn in the flesh to remove it from him Paul knew what it was like to be whole without that thorn in the flesh but God knew that if he would put something in him that would cause him to focus more on him. Ooh. He could use him more mightily in the spirit while yet, while yet being afflicted or anointed, right, than he ever could while he was whole. And some circumstances in life cause us to cause us to focus more on the Lord, cause us to put our minds, yes. our hearts, our spirits more on yes. God than when we than we were able to before the trial came before the calamity came, before the circumstance came. And we've asked God so many times, Lord, can you just remove this from me? If you would just remove this thing from me, I would be able to do this. And all the while, God is saying, I'm telling you, if you would embrace the thorn in the flesh, the trial of your life, the things that he wants to do because he's not done yet, are going to blow our minds once God gets us through that door that he is calling us to knock on amen amen and so I am privileged to be here as you can tell I am excited about this this opportunity thank you brother for this opportunity and uh it's just an honor to be here I feel I feel like I'm uh I feel like I'm 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 on the I'm on that the top of the ice cream at this point Ooh. I'm on the uh the cream of the crap now <laughs> just kidding <laughs> no. Oh. no thank you brother oh, for bro. allowing me to be here it and I, so. I praise the Lord for what you guys are doing oh. well um I don't want to belabor a point point. I don't want to take up too much time, but I do have a direction I do want to talk about today and the Lord. And I want to talk about the secret place. I want to talk about prayer. And, and we've already talked about it on the, the very onset of, of this podcast, of this episode. And I really want to encourage somebody today um, who is probably struggling with cultivating a prayer life or um, struggling in your prayer or with your prayer life and i want to talk about i want to delve into this aspect of this idea or this this mindset of the secret place and if you would join me in turning in your bibles to matthew chapter number 6 at verse 6 i've got three portions of scripture for our consideration this morning matthew chapter 6 verse 6 it reads on this wise but thou when thou prayest enter into thy into thy closet and when thou shut when thou hast shut thy door pray to the father which seeth in secret And the Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And then we'll go to Psalm 31, 19 through 20. Psalm 31, 19 through 20, and I'll read it for our hearing. Oh, how great is thy goodness. This is David speaking and praising the Lord. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Third portion of scripture for our consideration is Psalm 91 and 1, one of my first, one of my favorite verses of Scripture, and it reads, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And before I get into my Uh, what I feel like the Lord wants me to deliver this morning. I want to read to you a poem God gave me before service one Sunday afternoon. And the poem is this. There is a place where prayer can take you that emotions cannot. There is a power that fasting activates that facade cannot. The purpose to the pain it is found once you've learned how to praise him in the rain. So, give him glory from the place where you feel your storm. But regardless of how you feel, lift your hands where you kneel and praise him. Because along this journey and a place beyond me, it's not the swift who win the race, but it's those who truly desire to do whatever is required of, of him who see his face. Denying the flesh and being consistent at best are the strides that set the pace for us, for a trust without borders and whose steps that are ordered of them that long to taste of the sweetness of manna whose lips will stammer once Elohim begins to make his presence made known as we encounter the one whose throne is love and grace for the next few minutes. I want to talk to you about the secret place. The secret place. You see, the secret place is a place unknown to most. Few will go there. It is a place of access. It is a place of action in God. It is a place of anointing and acquaintance with God. It is a place where burdens are lifted, a place where blessings are given. It is a place where war is waged and demons are slayed. Is the place where the power of God is the only thing that dictates the outcome of the meeting. It is not our emotions that determine the outcome of the meeting, but it is the Almighty God Himself who determines once we've entered into that secret place, it is He who determines the outcome of that meeting once we cross over the threshold of the secret place. It is the place where healing happens. It is a place where hope is found and where restoration takes place. Some of you probably that are listening or tuning into this podcast have endured some extreme or catastrophic hurts in your life. You've probably gone through things in your life that that are all, that have almost ended your life or probably ended someone else's life as a result of your actions. You've probably have gone through unwanted circumstances that have tested the very core and the very fabric of your mind. You've experienced the pains of what it feels like to almost even lose your mind. You've experienced the dreadful things Heartache of being devastated by hurt that maybe you caused or someone else caused you. You've experienced these things and they've caused you to rethink life and recalibrate the way you even look at life. You've probably been like the prophet Elijah in First Kings chapter nineteen. You've probably under your self-imposed juniper tree. But I come to tell you today that the power of the secret place, the benefit of getting alone with God and praying in the spirit brings an element of restoration to the things that have almost destroyed everything you are. I want to talk about prayer today. You see, I went to the church this morning and I begin to pray and I begin to, I begin to beseech the Lord about why it is that we pray and the foundation and the, and the, and the bedrock of what prayer is. I wanted God to really stir me because I knew I was going to be talking about prayer. This is what I felt since the invitation. I wanted to talk about the power of prayer. You see, this morning when I began to pray and I began to beseech the Lord, the Holy Ghost began to move in that prayer meeting. And I felt like God imposed this thought upon me, that prayer, prayer, it is the It is the water that nourishes that or or that it is the it is the very substance that nurtures the garden of everything that God has planted in your life. Prayer is the only thing that brings substance that has the power enough to produce life in your life. Prayer is that which is that which what waters the garden of God in your life. Prayer is something that prevents prayer produces and prayer promotes. Amen. If prayer produces, then prayer has the ability to produce fruit in your life when there, when there was probably at some point, um, um, barrenness in your life and your walk with God. And so when we begin to pray, when we begin to enter into a prayer meeting, I'm not even talking about in a sense right now, a Holy ghost prayer meeting, we'll get there. I'm talking about beginning with a decision to pray and to seek God. It is what launches us or catapults us into the will of God as we obey the ways of God. And prayer is God's way. Amen. And so as I begin to pray this morning, God began to deal with me about how nourishing prayer is. You see, I preached not too long ago in Knoxville, Kentucky, and, and and excuse me, Knoxville, Tennessee. And when I begin to preach... God began to deal with me and God began to speak through me. And I heard me say this, the power is where prayer lives. If there is prayer going on in your house, if there's prayer going on in your life, if there's prayer being entertained in your heart and in your everyday life, there is power there. There is a source of strength that can be derived from what you entertain daily as you walk with the Lord that can't be tapped into by someone who does not entertain a prayer life. There's something that you have access to that no one else has access to. Prayer gives you the ability to cross over the threshold into the miraculous. You see, in prayer this morning while I was praying, I began to weep under the power of God when God began to deal with my heart about what prayer has done in my life. You see, prayer will take you. This is what I felt in prayer this morning. Prayer will literally take you from the mire to the miraculous. It's the power, the process, the journey of a prayer life. It'll take you from miry clay to to the miraculous in your life. And it's when you do, when you truly decide to tap into what prayer does, prayer will begin to produce what prayer is in your life and then what prayer can do for your life. A trip to the secret place will bring clarity to your chaos. It'll calm the storms that wage in your soul. It'll, it'll, it'll ease the troubled waters of your heart, if you will. The secret place is a location for the miraculous and the wonders of almighty God. It is the place where divine direction is given. You see, unfortunately, the truth is most people will avoid the secret place because of what it would cost them to get there. There are some trips that we don't take in life because of how much it costs us to get there. There's some trips we don't take because of how much money it costs us to go there. Prayer is not one of those, and the secret place is not one of those trips. It can't be likened unto not having the money to get to Paris like we really want to. It can't can't be likened unto not being able to go travel the ruins of Rome because we don't have the finances enough to get there and to be there and, and to enjoy it. The secret place is a little bit different than that, way different than that. It'll cost you something but i'm telling you the benefit of crossing over the threshold of the secret place far outweighs the sacrifice it took to get there because in a moment with god and 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 what what the what the power of prayer can do in just a moment alone with god can far outweigh what you can do in 30 years of your life of trying to kick an addiction mm-hmm. trying to kick a habit god can produce more in a moment of what we couldn't produce in a lifetime of human will right. amen And so the secret place is a place where some people won't even go to because of what it would cost them to get there. Some things have to be released in order for you to take that trip. You can't take you can't walk over the threshold into the secret place of the most high and keep your fear and the calamity of your life hinging you or hindering you from crossing over the threshold there must be a moment if you're going to entertain the secret place of God there must be a moment in your life where you make up your mind and say God no matter what it may cost me to take this trip or to journey after you into a place unknown to most regardless of what it costs me I am willing to pay the price of whatever it costs me to get there quick personal reference and I don't like doing this but this is going to make sense here in just a moment when my wife and I first moved to FPC in two thousand and fifteen, we had come from evangelizing and we had been living in Houston, Texas, and we were just far spent. We had come from assisting another pastor at a church here in Arkansas and 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 that even fell through and so many things happened there. We were just, we were just spread thin. We were just stretched thin. We needed to be somewhere we where we could we could be poured into, where we could be revitalized in the spirit. We could be restored. We could be strengthened, and we could have something that would literally produce something else in us than what we were what we were used to having. 2015, we come, we begin to start, we, we start coming to FPC and I begin. I thought I had a prayer life. I want to preface this by saying I thought I had a real prayer life. I did not have a real prayer life as a, as a, as, a, as a compared to what I have now, Amen. And I thank God for. But when we start coming to FPC, I read uh, Bishop Holmes' book, The Six Steps to Prayer, and 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 what Bishop did when we met with him that first day of coming, it was on a Saturday. We met with him in his office, and first thing he did was he took us out of the office. He took us to the bookstore, and he, he gave us two bags, and he filled our bags with books. I'm talking about Mount Peaks of Truth, The Six, the six Steps to Prayer, all, all the books you can think of that are testimonies of God's goodness and faithfulness and God's might as we know it today. Bishop filled our bags full of books, and I didn't know what Bishop was doing at the time, and I didn't know why he was giving us a bunch of books. Later on in life, I would find out exactly why Bishop did what he did, because Bishop can only be as Bishop is. Amen. And so we get into that meeting with Bishop and the Holy Ghost falls in that meeting and Bishop speaks words that I uttered to God in private that I knew I wanted God. If the man of God told the Lord the night before God, if if I hear these words out of the man of God's mouth, I'll know it at your will that we are here at FPC. Didn't even tell my wife these words. This was between me and God. And when the Holy Ghost fell in that meeting, Bishop began to speak and he looked at me in my eyes and he began to speak those words I had uttered in private. And I knew that it was the will of God because Bishop said the Holy Ghost brought you here. And I knew he was right because he had begun to utter words that I gave God in private. But but what struck me and what 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 pulled me into the culture, the kingdom culture that our church produces, that we have the ability that we have the privilege of being we we have the privilege of, of, of being subject to what pulled me into the fold was the power of prayer that 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 this this local assembly um maintains and i remember one day i needed an answer from the lord and i said lord i'm getting ready to shut myself into a 3-day prayer meeting and i'm not leaving that prayer meeting until i get an answer from you night, night one of that prayer meeting was on a thursday night i get in that prayer meeting that evening and i'm sitting in the middle row i'm sitting on the third row from the front I've got a small little blanket. I've got a pillow. I know I'm not leaving the sanctuary until I hear from God. I'm going to be there for at least three days. No food, just water, me, God, and prayer. And that first night when I got there, it was about 7.30, 8 o'clock that night. Bishop Holmes was there when I got there, laying at the altar praying. And about six hours later, I'm on my face at the altar. God's moving. The Holy Ghost is moving. I'm telling you, it is probably the most powerful prayer meeting I've ever had in my life. I'm in travail. Things are happening in the spirit. There's ways of the Holy Ghost going. This is the, probably the most powerful prayer meeting I've ever entertained. But six hours later, I look up and Bishop Holmes is in the same spot he was in when I got there. I go back to my my pew, weary body, weary from the from from prayer. I sit there. I, I nod off. I wake up again and I pray some more. After about an hour of sleeping on the pew. And when I wake up after that hour and I go back to praying, I look back at the altar and Bishop Holmes is still in the sanctuary praying. 15 hours go by and Bishop Holmes finally gets up and he leaves the secret place. And that right there did something to me. I said, if this man of God adheres to prayer on a level that I've never seen before, like this, There has to be so so much more to prayer than I've ever realized in my life. There's got to be more to it than 30 minutes. There's got to be more to it than not breaking through and getting what I need in the Holy Ghost. And so from that moment, it shaped my mind frame to the secret place. Amen. And so I bring that up to say this. I wasn't willing to go there because of what it cost me to get there. I wasn't willing to pay that price of what it would cost me to get into the secret place because I didn't know how to pay the price. Frankly, I didn't want to pay the price. I wanted to look like I wanted to look the part and then get the results of what the Spirit produces. Amen. I wanted to be able to to, to, to give God lip service and then have the power produced in my life without make, without there being sacrifice in my prayer life. Amen. But it wasn't until calamity struck, God began to take us through trial after trial, getting our attention shaking us out of our slumber, calling us out of our grave clothes, doing so many different things in the spirit that we truly understood the power of a prayer life. Prayer life is a journey. and You never enter into the secret place of God without embarking on a journey with the Lord. Well, you must learn how to take the very thing that is hindering you from getting along with God and hand that over to God and trust him in the middle of the process. My, bro- my twin brother told me one day, he said, Trusting God means putting yourself in the position to fail if the Holy Ghost don't help you. Sometimes it takes stepping out on faith enough to put yourself in the position to look crazy if God don't show up. Because when you put yourself out there and you're trusting God in the middle of the process, God will show up every single time. And when he does, the, 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 the outcome is not what you dictate. It's what God dictates because you made yourself available. You see, in the secret place, mediocrity loses its foothold the moment you truly tap into the real, powerful, unmatched moves of God over that threshold of the secret place. You see, the secret place of God, once you do entertain it, it is is the habitation of God that God has established for his people to dwell in. It is a place where God has asked us to live he that dwelleth or lives in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. If you dwell here, then you will live here is what God is saying. If you dwell in the secret place, then you will live under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. And so if we read, if we look at Ephesians, the third, the third chapter of Ephesians at verse 17, Paul Paul, the apostle Paul is, is talking to the church at Corinth, and the Apostle Paul says how that how that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith. Not only do we live in him, but God also wants to live in us. And this is for the unconverted, this section of, 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 of this message. God wants to establish a residence in your heart. God wants to take up an habitation in you to help you along life's journey. It's not enough for you to know who he is without him coming into your life and changing you from the inside out. But you got to allow yourself, your temple, this what God has given you to be the habitation that God wants, that God dwells in, that causes you to produce fruit in your life. 2 Corinthians 6 and 16, it reads, And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people." God wants to literally live in you. And if you would allow him, if you will obey Acts 2 and 38, if you would would repent of your sins, if you would get baptized in Jesus' name and receive the precious gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues as a spirit gives utterance, if you receive God's spirit and allow him to live in you, God will cause you to produce in your life things that you have never produced or never been able to produce in your life before. You see, Paul is writing to the people of God and is, I believe, attempting to cause them to understand how much it is that God wants to dwell, really dwell in them by letting them know that they themselves are the temple of God. Amen. I believe Paul is reminding them of a much greater and foundational principle, how that it is the will of God for God to literally live in them and to walk in them and to have dominion over them and unrestricted access to their lives. Amen. You see, God not only wants unrestricted access to our hearts, God wants unrestricted access to our minds and our spirits. Wherever you go, God wants to be there because God wants to help you wherever you go. And if you would just walk over the threshold of the secret place and embark on this journey of taking God with you and dwelling in the secret place of the Most High and living in prayer, embarking on this journey of prayer, and allowing what prayer he is to produce a life in you that God that, that that God desires, God will truly show His power and might in your life by causing there to be fruit, causing therefore to be fruit formed in your life. Amen. And so, when you think about the secret place, you've got to come up higher to get there. When I was praying and I embarked on a journey a couple years ago, a, a journey of consecration and prayer. I remember I began talking to Pastor Holmes about me wanting to take this journey of fasting and praying and consecration and being more apostolic in my life than I've ever been in my life. I wanted to, I I wanted there to be signs and wonders to follow me because that's what the Bible says that these signs shall follow them that believe. And then he gives these, he gives the signs. I wanted those things to truly follow me, not as a preacher of the gospel, But as someone who was really in love with God, who walked with God, because the power is where prayer lives. And as I embarked on this journey, I truly begin to envision what it was to really come up higher. And God, I begin to think and I believe God begin to show me in a moment of prayer that this secret place is at the top of a staircase. And it's a door that we've got to knock on. And if you begin to knock on that door, And if, well, first of all, you got to learn how to climb the steps to get to the door. And if you truly make up in your mind that the, that access to the secret place is worth the journey it takes to get there, then it doesn't matter how many steps it takes for you to get there. You'll get on that journey and you'll climb up higher and do whatever it takes to get to the threshold and walk over the secret place. You see, the man of God said that you have to close the door to your mind in order for you to really embark on the secret in the secret place. It's not enough for you to walk into the door and cross over the threshold, but you got to learn how to shut the door behind you if there's to be power to produce in that prayer life. That's the hardest thing to do when we've got so much going on, businesses to run, families to raise, trials in our life. It is so hard to shut the door to our minds in order for us to really benefit from what it is that God wants to give us in that secret place. And when we do shut the door to our minds and shut the door to all of the distractions of our heart, God begins to speak, God begins to move, and things begin to happen. And so when you begin to shut the door to your mind, and you allow God to produce in your mind in that prayer meeting, God can do for you more in a moment than what you could have done years prior in your life. Because it is not you who was dictating the outcome of the meeting, but you are allowing God unrestricted access, and you are allowing God to really move in your life. Amen. The Apostle John records the words of Jesus in John chapter 15 at verse 4. He says, To abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, nor can ye except ye abide in me. He continues in verse five and says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. What Jesus is doing here is revealing to us the promise that if we would simply live in him and allow him to live in us, then the result would be fruit being produced in our lives. Prayer not only produces fruit, but prayer promotes and hear me right now, prayer prevents. And I'll say it like this because this is maybe one of the only ways I can I can really truly convey it. Prayer prevents in manner in, in, in a manner that we can't, we can't do it on our own. Prayer acts as a spiritual contraceptive, if you will. It prevents the birth of new things in your life, unwanted things in your life in the spirit when the enemy comes in like a flood. What prayer will do is raise up a standard against him God will lift up a standard against the enemy amen when he comes in like a flood and it will prevent the 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 flow of unwanted things in your life amen if you want to get unwanted unwanted things out of your spirit if you want to get unwanted things out of your life if you want to get unwanted things out of your house unwanted things out of your marriage unwanted things out of your business the most important thing you have to learn how to do is walk away from the calamity and enter into the secret place You've got to learn how to starve the things of the flesh and feed the things of the spirit. Amen. And so when you knock on the door of utterance in the secret place, all of these things come alive to you. All of these things begin to make sense to you in the secret place. I say all that to say this, it starts with, it simply starts with a desire. These are the three D's I want to give the listener today. Prayer starts with these three things. Well, prayer is encompassed in these three things. Prayer starts with duty. It becomes a duty. First, it starts with a desire. It goes from being a desire to being a duty because you begin to identify with it. Amen. When prayer is a duty to you, amen, it becomes one thing that you devote yourself to. But we can't stay at duty. Because when you begin to do things out of duty, it becomes like you're clocking in and clocking out. Most people will never get out of the duty stage and get into the desire stage. Prayer, whenever you enter into that secret place, it, it, it it's it's your duty. It's what you wake up and you desire to do every single day. But you got to get out of that to entertain the rest of the process. And when you come out of duty, you enter into desire. You de- you desire to be alone with God. You desire to pray. You desire to get into the secret place of the Holy Ghost. You desire for God to do great things in your life. And then when you get out of duty and you get out of desire, you enter to this realm that I love and it's called delight. You delight yourself in the Lord. It becomes such a delight to you to pray. It becomes such a delight to you to entertain the relationship that you have with the Lord. You delight yourself in the Lord. That's what David said. David said to delight yourself in the Lord. When you delight yourself in God, it becomes all that you seek after. There's no stopping your prayer life once you begin to delight yourself in the Lord. If you don't set aside the time to do these things, if you if, if you don't set aside the time to entertain this aspect of prayer, you won't get out of prayer what you truly desire if you never make time for the Lord. But the vehicle that drives this, and Brother McDougall, I know you know this, the vehicle that drives this is consistency. Yes, sir. You've got to learn how to be consistent in prayer. It's not enough for me to pray every Monday. When I'm facing trial on Tuesday through Saturday, amen, through Tuesday through Sunday, it's not enough for me to even fast from just every Monday if I'm facing calamity from Tuesday through Sunday. But if I'm going to learn how to really live in the Lord, I've got to do it every single day. It's got to be where I spend all of my time. Amen. The depth, your depth in God is vital and the most vital part of your depth in God starts with consistency. When you are consistent in your prayer life, it launches you into different dimensions in the Holy Ghost because prayer produces fruit, prayer produces fire, and prayer produces the anointing. I know I've said a lot today, and I've probably not touched on what I really truly desire to touch on, but what I truly want to encourage the reader today and the listener today is to do these things. Begin to knock on that door of utterance. Learn what it means to get alone with God. Get into a prayer meeting with the Lord and lay there until the Holy Ghost lays on you. Don't leave this prayer meeting for the sake of time just because you've got other things going on in your life. Learn how to sacrifice those things in order that God can produce fire in you in a prayer meeting. Climb under a pew. Get under a burden And watch how God begins to produce things in your life that you can't do on your own. And when you truly do these things consistently, week in and week out, you will truly know what it means to delight yourself in the Lord. And friend, I want to tell you today, and I end with this, when you begin to delight yourself in the Lord, there's an airplane that Bishop talks about, that you can truly rise above all of the calamity in your life. And you can take off in the spirit and you can get well above where you've ever been in your life. You can get above, high above the circumstances. You can get high above the calamity. I feel the Holy Whoa, Ghost. You, you can Jesus. get high Hallelujah. above the trial. You can Christ. get high above everything that Christ. you ever experienced. Hallelujah. And when you begin to take off in the spirit, God yes, will pro- God. Bo- begin to produce something in you that's never been there. And when you get this honey on your tongue, there's nothing that'll ever right. won't, that will that, ever pr- produce in you that will cause you to go back to where you've ever been. Oh, God. You can take off in the spirit. You can kick that addiction. Yes, you God. can come out of that abusive relationship. You can come Hallelujah. out of your grave clothes today. Right. You can Indeed, be healed, healed by the power of the Holy yes, Ghost. You Lord. can live victorious That's in right. God. You don't have Amen. to stay in a Hallelujah. perpetual cycle of living Ooh, for God one day and then going back into your Ooh. sin. But you can be free Hallelujah. in the Holy Ghost Hallelujah. if you entertain the secret place of the Most High. Hallelujah. Because in order for there to be if, in order for it to be a secret place, you've got to release secrets in the meeting and the secrets of your life that you are dealing with right now, the things that no one else knows that you entertain in private. God wants those things from you and that's where you release those things in the secret place and allow the Holy Ghost to cause you to take off in the spirit and for God to do a work in you that only he can do that you've not been able to do for years of struggling with that addiction. years of struggling. With what you what it is that you're struggling with god wants more of you i'm telling you somebody that's listening god's getting ready to call Woo. you out Hallelujah. of your grave clothes god's that's getting ready right. to pull you out of where you are god's getting Man. ready to, to tug on you and pull Woo. your heart out of a land of affliction into a fruitful place Woo. where he's causing you to produce god Hallelujah. wants more of you than yes. you've ever given god, him and the way are. to do it is you've Woo. got to get into the secret place You've got to learn how to knock on that door of prayer and don't leave because time has gone by and you've not entertained the Holy Ghost. You've got to learn how to do what Jude 120 says and lift you and build yourself up on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. pray in the Holy Ghost. you've got to learn how to pray in the Holy Ghost so that God can take you from mire to miracles in your life. It is what God wants you to do. It's what God wants of you. It's what God requires of you. But you got to learn how to do it. You've got to learn, my friend, how to get to a place where you, it doesn't matter what it costs you to get alone with God. It doesn't matter what it costs you to get there. Oh, but whatever she, she the does, price does, it, does, it is, does. you are willing to pay that because God desires you. Right. God wants more of you than you've ever been given Him. Oh, I'm telling you, you got to give yeah, it over to Him today. Give him who you really are and watch what prayer does for you because not only does prayer prevent and not only does prayer promote, but prayer will produce in you the things that you've not seen produce in your life. Amen. It starts with your desire. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost. It starts with your desire to get to get with him. Amen. Because the name of this podcast itself, it rings true. God is not done with you. And if you will begin to entertain the Holy Ghost in private, God will promote you openly. Amen. No wonder people will look up and see. I know that brother was addicted to drugs, alcohol, and pornography. Whew. But I'm telling you, there's something different about him. What they're not seeing is that you are willing to pay that price every day consistently, getting into the secret place. And what they are then seeing is the victory that God has given you as a result of plunging the depths of prayer and private. It's what the Holy Ghost desires of you, my friend. You've got to learn how to lay there until the Holy Ghost lays on you. Prayer is not powerful because you think it's powerful. It's powerful when you allow God access to the meeting himself and produce fire in you that produces everything else in your life. I love you. God loves you. I, I love pray you. that this has Thank gone you. forth. Oh, Amen. Jesus. And I Thank pray you, that Lord. you'll be enriched by this. Woo! And I pray that God begins to do a work in people that causes them to plunge the depths of prayer in private that would promote them openly. Amen. Amen. I love you, my friend. God bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for letting me obey the Holy Ghost and delivering my heart. Hallelujah. Amen.
0: Brother, thank you so much, Brother Jones, how you have blessed us today. Hadn't he blessed you? Oh, my Lord. Thank you uh, Jesus. so much. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I want to be able to get into that secret place. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And we're going to hear from our pastor right now. He's going to sing us a song called Worth.
1: Keep